This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. As always on a Tuesday, it's the big picture sponsored by Investec Asset Management on the telephone now, Director of Investec Asset Management in Cape Town, and that's Jeremy Gardner. Jeremy, I saw something pop up on my screen a few days ago from fin24.com, and it said South Africa has six to 12 months to sort itself out. You were the author of that. Then I received a piece from one of your colleagues saying, dark days indeed. First of all, let's go to fin24.com, and that headline, was that misrepresentative of what you wanted to say, or was that the truth? Which one? Doctors indeed or six to 12 months? The second one, six to 12 months. Um, six to 12 months, I think, is an accurate reflection of what we as a country have in terms of stability while we sort out our stuff. Because the world is in a good place at the moment, because you've got this globally synchronized recovery, because you've got a search for yield of the world's top investors, because they've got a pension fund deficit back at home, i.e. there's less money in the pension fund than the provost investors. Because of all of those factors, investors are coming to emerging markets, they're buying our assets, and as a result, the risk on environment, which we find ourselves in at the moment, should last six to 12 months comfortably. And that, that, I'm afraid, is as long as we've got, because if we don't sort out our problems, after that, you could find a risk-off environment eventually, and when that happens, we are going to get punished. So at the moment, it's not a fool's paradise, but it's a situation that if the global synchronicity that you just spoke about goes awry and things start unravelling, whether it be because of geopolitics, whether it be because of an economic slowdown or a combination of those two things and others, then South Africa has nowhere to hide. Yeah, if you do get a situation that suddenly causes a risk-off scenario, the war with North Korea might be one, something unpredicted, then you would suddenly, then yeah, then risk-off could happen quite quickly, and then I'm afraid we are going to get punished. Because at the moment, we haven't really, we've, we've sort of been protected from the impact of the downgrade by this benign global environment. Six, you know, when, when, it, when we had Neneget, the environment was very different. There was no growth in the world. Emerging markets were out of favor. And so the currency went off the edge of a cliff. Everybody got a fright. And by Monday, we had Praveen Gordon in, in the job. This time, as I say, the, the impact has been masked first of all by the global environment, and second of all by the fact that other emerging markets, believe it or not, are behaving worse if you look at what's going on in Brazil, in Turkey, in Venezuela. So you can understand why some foreign investors may feel that a finance minister switch is not that great in the bigger scheme of things. However, if a risk-off environment happens and they start to understand that state capture means that we could actually destroy some of our state-owned enterprises so the system doesn't work, we're going to get punished hard. Let's move up the pecking order if we can now. We've uh, talked about South Africa and we'll wrap it up at the end of this interview, but let's start right at the top now. The United States of America, it's got a good GDP growth for such a massive economy. It's got full employment almost by any term. Metric that you care to throw at us, it really is employing a lot of people. Whether they're good jobs or not, I don't know. But what do you think of the United States of America before we get to Mr. Trump? Well, you're seeing growth coming through, good growth. You're seeing the dollar firming up. So economically, the U.S. is in good shape. It depends on how good a shape they're in as to whether or not they raise rates. But at the moment, they seem to be in a good place. But this was always going to be the year where politics was going to be the risk, not economics. And as you mentioned, there, there Mr. Trump could do a whole lot of things that might 
upset U.S. GDP growth. One of the things that he wants to do badly is to manufacture more in America, to bring jobs home, as was the slogan during the elections. Mm. The net result of all of that will be, while it will employ more people, you're certainly going to find everything costing quite a lot more. The average monthly wage of a worker in America is $26 an hour. In Sri Lanka, 50 cents per hour. In China, $3.50. So you can just imagine if everything starts being made in the States as well as consumed in the States, the impact that that's going to have on the consumer from a cost perspective. And then North Korea is $4 per month. Will President Trump survive his full term? His favourite phrase, according to CNN, which I was watching this morning, is we'll see what happens. What will happen to him, do you think, Jeremy? Look, I mean, one of my colleagues famously said that if the only reason an American president doesn't finish their term is if they get shot. I think that Mr. Trump, or President Trump, will certainly try and get to the end of his term. The question is whether or not he trips over some of the conflicts of interest, and there are many between his business empire and being president, or, that, or whether he does something that leads to him getting into trouble. Should he do that, he would be pardoned by President Pence. Uh, president Pence, you can pardon apparently in the U.S. without trial if you are president. However, Pence would be less administratively chaotic, so you wouldn't have the crises coming out of the White House every week that we're seeing at the moment, but he would be a lot more socially conservative. The propensity of Pence to pardon, that's going to be something that's going to be on the newspapers in, in, in a few months' time, maybe. Will the Trump trade, which has been fantastic, I mean, look at the, you know, the Nasdaq almost at new record highs this week, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, that's the Trump trade, apparently. Will it become a Trump correction or a Trump crash? Well, markets thoroughly enjoyed President Trump becoming President Trump on the back of regulatory reform, lower taxes, and a trillion dollars of commodity spend. Now, the problem is that that's what's driven markets up. The problem is that it looks like it's going to be heavily diluted, and some of it he's not going to achieve at all. And that's sort of with a Republican-controlled House and Congress. So it's quite, it'll, it remains to be seen whether or not the markets will punish a lack of delivery on the items I just mentioned. Mm, the Trump dump is, is a risk. Yeah, the Trump dump is a risk. It really is. North Trump. Korea is really, really, is really, really problematic because you've got two people who are inexperienced in the political sphere and they both have buttons and they can both press those buttons. Yeah, and both have big egos and both aggressive. But the problem is that I don't think that there's an option open. There's certainly not an, I don't think there's a U.S. military option open. As, as Steve Bannon said, who, as we know, is the most right-wing and the most aggressive of the lot, Steve Bannon, Bannon said that he doesn't see an option where a, a military option by the U.S. where tens of millions of people don't die. And I think he's right. So I'm not sure there is a military option open, but certainly there's no doubt that Kim Jong-un is annoying President Trump. (laughs) He really is. What about Europe? Let's talk about Brexit, because this is particularly pertinent to you at Investec Asset Management, because you have an office there, and I was there not long ago, and it's a thriving office. Everyone seems prosperous. Everyone seems to be doing very well indeed. But unfortunately, the sword of Damocles, i.e. Brexit, is hanging over there. Has that sword been sharpened? Is it getting blunter? What is your opinion? Look, I think, it, I think it remains to be seen what sort of outcome is going to come. Certainly the Europeans have made it perfectly clear that they cannot allow a situation where Britain looks better outside the European Union than in, because if that happens, there are a whole lot of other countries that are going to want out as well. Then you'll get Brexit, you'll get Italy, you'll get etc. There's no doubt that you are seeing a bit of an exodus um, as companies set up satellite offices on the continent just in case of a hard Brexit. Um, the figures being reported are around 9,000 bankers leaving at the moment. And the problem is mm. that a lot of 
The UK doesn't really make anything anymore. They don't manufacture much. The financial services is one of their biggest, if not their biggest industries, and also one of their biggest tax revenue generators. And so it's almost ironic that you have a situation with 9,000 bankers and leaving. All, you lose all that tax revenue, plus the companies that they work for, their tax revenue, which will impact on the UK tax collection, which will impact on healthcare benefits to the elderly who voted for Brexit in the first place. So certainly economically slower as a result. There is an exodus, but at this stage, I think it's more of a wait and see what happens. And it's difficult to say at this stage which way, which way it's going to go. Europe's fascinating as well. We've got Macron, who was the darling of the liberal left, and suddenly he is being pilloried by various uh, quarters in France. Never mind him. We've got the elections coming up in a couple of days' time, actually, 24th of September in Germany, and Merkel has done another brilliant job. She's going to be re-elected. That'll be fantastic, I think, for the stability of Europe. And growth and employment in patches doing well, in other patches doing bad. Badly. You travel there a lot, Jeremy Gardner. What do you think? Europe's certainly a lot better than it has been. We've spent the last five years wondering whether Europe was going to drag the world, the global financial economy, down into a hole with the collapse of one or two of the member states. Some good growth coming through, a lot of deal activity shifting to Europe away from the US and the UK, which are less uncertain. The euro to your highs. No need to, so quantitative easing will become quantitative tightening at some stage. Just it will depend on when it, inflation gets to around 2% that they'll start doing that. But certainly Europe looking much better. We don't have to worry about that going forward for the next couple of years. So we shouldn't worry too much about Europe. We shouldn't worry too much about the economic situation in the United States. Politics may intervene there, but let's say that politics stays stable. So we've got Europe, which is a massive trading zone. We've got the United States, which is absolutely huge. And the one that we have to speak about, of course, is China. You've got people in your organization that travel there regularly. What's the general wisdom at Investec Asset Management about China? China, one can also relax to an extent. You know, there have been situations over the last two years where worries about China have spooked markets, but it looks like they're going to be growing somewhere between 6.5-7%. They've successfully managed to engineer a soft landing. So I think also, for the moment, off the radar from a risk perspective. In these last 10 years that I've been speaking to you, all these times, you've been at the end of our conversations, always been very optimistic. But the last two headlines that I've seen attributed to you, one, Dark Days Indeed, and the other one in fin24.com saying six to 12 months to sort ourselves out. Does that mean that you're starting to get a little bit nervous? Or do you still have that inherent optimism that we can turn it around and contextualize this as well with what's going to happen in December? I think most South Africans are at the point now where they are nervous. And I think you would, one would be naive if one wasn't nervous because there is an element of let's just wait till December and see which way the leadership succession vote goes and rely on it coming right. But you can't do that. There's no guarantee that the right result or the investor-friendly results will come through at the end of the year. There's going to be a vote. Well, let's hope there's going to be a vote. There's talk that the leadership succession elections won't happen in December. We need them to happen, and we need to make sure that you get succession in place that is going to run this country properly and to do what we need to do in order to start creating jobs and to get a, try and get us upgraded again. Not that we've been downgraded, and I think that's what a lot of South Africans want to stop discussing, and we need to re-engage that debate, is that we've only been downgraded on the offshore portion of our debt, which is only 9%, the offshore denominated portion. The other 91%, we still investment grade, albeit one level above on a negative outlook, which means next way is down if we don't do something substantial. 
And they're going to be announcing their findings again straight after the succession contest at the end of the year. And they've made it very clear that if we don't, if the result implies more of the same, then we, are, then they, we will be downgraded across the board to junk. And then 120 billion rand will leave this country over the next three months. And that is a very, very scary scenario for us to contemplate. Terrifying prospect. The last quarter of 2017 and the first quarter of 2018 is going to be fascinating for so many reasons. Jeremy, thank you very much for your time. That's Jeremy Gardner, Director of Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.